We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. on the fan. Our final hour together and then I'm gone. And I'm going to bundle up and try to play football in snow slash ice because that's literally what my four-year-old wants to do on an 18 degree day. Who am, I, who am I to say no, right? JR Sport Brief coming up in about an hour so you can keep it right here all day long. Joining me right now, a guy who I, I, I got to tell you, I found this I think it was like two years ago. It was after the Knicks had a brutal loss. <laughs> it was after the Knicks had a loss, and for some reason, I really wanted to marvel in a the Nick loss, and I wanted to kind of enjoy their pain. And so I was on YouTube, and I found this thing called Nick Fan TV, and I started watching it. And not not that not me watching it had anything to do with it, but it has blown up. This guy's become a star. The YouTube channel's got like tons of followers, and I think like every Nick fan after games wins or losses. And lately, it's been mostly wins. I mean, they've actually had a pretty good year, to my chagrin. Uh, people will go to this YouTube channel to watch this man and others talk about the Nick victory, take phone calls, great production. It's very impressive stuff. And here he is, the CEO of it all, the host of it all, CP of Knicks Fan TV. CP, Evan Roberts, good to talk to you for the first time. How are you, man? Man, Evan, I, I couldn't have asked for a better intro, man. I definitely appreciate it. Humble to be on this show. You know, for, for over 20-something years, I've been a loyal listener of FAN and uh, struggled to get through to talk to the big dogs, you know, Mike Francesa, you and Joe. But I finally get the uh, the easy pass, the VIP uh, uh, entrance <laughs> into this show. So it's a beautiful Saturday, man. Thanks for having well, me on. In all seriousness, what I think you've done so brilliantly is something that at times we fail to do. And that is talk to Knicks fans after wins and losses. You know, sometimes the Knicks, and I don't know if it's the way they played the last 15 years or what, but we haven't done a good enough job, in my opinion, of really talking to a fan base that as much as I, you know, will bust on you guys, because I'm a Net fan and I'm jealous, I think is one of the most passionate sports fan bases in this town. And I think you've done a marvelous job of doing that. So in all seriousness, you should be commended for what you've done. And everything you've pulled off. But 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 here's the truth, CP. 
Yeah. I find myself mostly watching you after you guys lose. I have to admit. <laughs> I have to well, admit. Well, well, listen, man. As you said, the, the passion of the Knicks fan is like none other. So well, whether it's the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat, it's always going to be captured on Knicks Fan TV. You know, you guys have Ira from Staten Island. We have Ari from Manhattan. You know, he, he's the angry Knicks fan. Right. Win or lose, he's always looking for the next big thing and the next move. And, you know, the, the passion is captured so well on the channel. So it's been a an interesting journey so far. And, um, you know, the, the fan base has really taken a liking to it. All right, a couple of things about this team. Number one, I, th- I mean, I think the story of this year – has been how much better coach they've been under Thibodeau, but really Emmanuel Quickly, who's become that lovable Nick, that Nick player that fans are kind of growing to love. He played more minutes than Alf last night. He played the entire fourth quarter, in fairness. And I've always said as a basketball fan, that matters more than anything. But how about that eventuality of Quickly starting instead of Alfred Payton, not just beating him out for minutes? Where do you stand on that with Emmanuel at this point? Yeah, well, well, first shout out to CBS Sports for for grading his draft as a D plus, which Knicks, Knicks fans have now taken that and plastered that on T shirts and coffee mugs and uh, really embraced it. But you know, listen, quickly has been to me the steal of the draft. Um, coming in, we knew he was a three point marksman, and his swing skill was going to be whether or not he could really run the run the point as the floor general. And from the preseason on, this kid has really given us a spark, and and the Knicks fans have really embraced him. You know, my, my take on it is I'm anxious just like every Knicks fan to see him starting. At the same time, you mentioned Tom Thibodeau. We're out to a 9-11 and start, eighth in the East right now, you know, exceeding expectations. We have to trust Tibbs' judgment. And what Tibbs is, wants to do right now is really put this kid in situations where he can succeed and where he can excel. And when I speak to former players, they say the same thing. I just spoke to Quentin Richardson last week. Um, about Steve Clifford's approach because, you know, it's Clifford and, and Thibodeau right. come from the same tree on the Van Gundy. And, and, and uh, Q. Rich said the same thing. He said, you know, Tibbs is going to put this kid in situations where he can succeed and, and, you know, and bring him along slowly, give him a little bit of responsibility here and there, hold him accountable, and then give him a little bit more as he can show that he can handle it. And as you said, um, quickly got about, I think, 25 minutes compared to Alfred's 23. Didn't start the game, but certainly closed. Uh, we've seen him close uh, additional games like the Hawks' victory earlier this season as well. So, And, listen, he, he's delivered, man. This kid has an arsenal, whether it's the floater, the three-point game. He had a couple four-point play opportunities last night. Um, this kid has really shown that that he's a nice piece to our young core, for sure. What, what about the other rookie, Obi? Obviously, there was a setback by being hurt early on. And I think Julius Randle playing like an all-star has impacted him, too, because yeah. we haven't seen that much. <laughs> of them on the floor at the same time, if any, of Randall at the five and Obi at the four. He's playing, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a night, and he shows things that excites you. Yeah. But what's your kind of feel for Obi Toppin at this point now? Uh, you know, slow start, as you said. Slow start, and, you know, Randall's presence here now makes this an interesting dynamic in how they move forward with the two. But with Obi, as you said, you know, the offensive awareness, the IQ, his overall floor game is there. Last night he came out with a ton of energy. Five points, you know, hit a three-pointer, had a nice drive in the lane over Andre Drummond. He's coming along slowly. The, the cap injury has slowed him down. But I think with Obi, the most important thing is going to be uh, the talent around him. And number one is going to be the point guard that he plays with because he's going to excel with a point guard that can get him in pick-and-roll situations, yeah. pick-and-pop situations, and really get him attacking that basket. 
Um, the problem with the Knicks is they, they don't really throw that lob as well. You know, whether it's OB or Mitch or, um, or even Julius Randle, you know, the Knicks really don't play the pick and roll that well. That's certainly an area that they need to work on. But I think, you know, with the Randle situation, they do have a player option for him for next year. I think they should entertain picking that up, bring OB along slowly, and, and let the chips fall where they may. See, the, the Randall thing to me is fascinating because I remember last yeah. year when Marcus Morris had an outstanding year. Yeah. To me, to me, it was easy. It was simple. Of course you trade him. I mean, the guy's a 30-year-old yeah. player having a career year. He's not a part of the future. It's a one-year deal. Get as much as you can get, and the Knicks did a good job. They got a first-round pick for him. Yeah. Randall, I don't know what to think, man, because he wasn't good last year. Now, the coaching yeah. on this team, especially early on with Fisdale, was atrocious. But there's no denying how good yeah. this guy's been this year. The guy's been an all-star. Is he a part of the core looking ahead? Is he a part of the future? Or is he a guy you lean towards saying, you know what, he's out an all-star year, let's cash out. He's not going to be a part of the future. You see, this is, this is why I would entertain picking up that player option, to give him another year to see. As you said last year, he struggled a lot under Fisdale. But Fisdale also gave him the keys to be that point forward to, you know, have him kind of play above and beyond what his, you know, typical skill sets were. And, and Randall tried to take that on as the number one guy with the hottest jersey in the league, man. The Nick jersey's the heaviest jersey to wear in the league. He struggled. He struggled in that role, turned the ball over a lot, didn't make, you know, his teammates better, made a lot of bad decisions, and, you know, definitely caught the ire of the fans. But this year under Thibodeau, he studied a lot of film on with Chicago and Minnesota. He's worked on his body. And, you know, 22, 11, and six dimes, you know, he's doubled his assist rate, doubled his assist percentage, making his teammates a lot better. And, you know, I, I think that gives him the, the leeway to, to bring him in for another year, see if it's real, see if this is real, and see if he's truly a piece that, that you know, you want to build with going forward. But definitely playing at an all-star caliber level, and this team would be nowhere near, you know, the A spot in the East right now without Julius Randle, no doubt about it. Talking to CP of Knicks Fan TV, check him out after every game. Doesn't matter how late the game ends. Doesn't matter if it's a Doesn't West Coast matter. trip. Doesn't matter. You guys are on. You'll be on tomorrow after a 1 o'clock game That's right. against the L.A. Clippers. I'll, I'll, I'll be tuning in if you guys lose. If you win, I'll probably give it a... <laughs> now, I'm curious, okay, because this happens mm-hmm. as a fan. I, I know mm-hmm. for me, I've been going through this. Your expectations change. Yeah. As the season goes on, it, it, correct me yeah. if I'm quoting you wrong. Before the season started, it was, look, it's just about developing the young guys. That's really all it's about. Well, now you guys are nine and eleven. You guys are defending at a very high level. I think the Knicks' defensive yeah. team rating is like third or fourth in the league. Okay. Yeah. Has your expectations changed? Are you looking at this season, especially with the playing games that we have? Looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference, are you now saying, hey? This better be a playoff team. If I'm not no. sitting there, I'm disappointed. What's your feeling on this? No, not at all. You know, I think my expectations going into this, Vegas had us at 22 wins. I said about 26. You know, listen, I love that they're playing above and beyond their expectations right now. As I said, they're currently sitting in eighth. Right now you're seeing them play competitive in every game. They've had quality wins against Boston, Indiana, Utah, um, a blowout against the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, they've had some very exciting wins. If they don't make it, I won't be disappointed. Uh, you know, with this lottery coming up, this is going to be considered one of the deepest drafts going into this thing. I still think they need a, an overall upgrade in talent. So I would not be mad if they competitively missed the playoffs. 
But let's be honest, if they make the playoffs, man, this city is going to be rocking. Knicks fan TV is going to be rocking. And, uh, you know, that, that other team in Brooklyn with the three Hall of Famers, you know, they're going to have to share that back page a little bit, Evan. They're going to have to share that back page a little bit. I know it's hard right, to handle, but, you know. Let me, address, <laughs> let me address this, okay, because I, I can tell you how I feel. I'm very open. I don't like the Knicks. It's, it's a jealousy thing, though. I grew up in... There's nine Nick fans for every one Net fan. So it's, it's understandable why I have that feeling. But you, my friend, are part of the problem. Because, no, you are. Don't deny it. So this morning, I wake up. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm happy. You know, the Knicks even won. They showed us Nets how to play defense against the Cavs. Thank you. I appreciate that. The Nets had a historic game. And I got to see... And it wasn't you who started it necessarily, but you put like an eyeball emoji, like, oh, look at this, that the Knicks got the back page of the Daily News, as if that freaking matters. So let me ask you something. As a guy that's always been the king of New York basketball, okay, no one's denied that. Why do you feel so threatened that you've got to point out that your team got the back page of the Daily News? Go ahead. The, the whole reason why I start the hashtag Nick's back page is really just an ode to the papers. You know, that's how I grew up as a kid. Always, We didn't have Twitter back in my day. I'm, I'm a bit older, so <laughs> you should go to the back page, see what the team did, check the box score, the standings, and so on. So I usually take the digital versions, whether it's the news, the post, or the Newsday, and, and print it for the fans to see just to share. But, you know, it's. It's obvious that, that the Nets get that little sliver in the bottom left corner. You know, you need a magnifying glass or a pair of glasses to see. Uh, hey, listen, it's not me. Take it up with the New York medium, Evan. It's, it's up to the well, New no, York I media don't, to decide who gets the cover, you know? I don't – I got to tell you, I don't care. Now, there are days where the Nets do get the back page. Yeah, are you yeah. showing those? Are you acknowledging those, CP? No, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Oh, I'm not interested. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, it, what's so weird about this dynamic is that I've never said I want to own New York. I've never said that because, and maybe it's because I'm a fan of the Jets and the Mets and the Islanders. Like, I don't own New York yeah. in anything. I root for the second team in town. All I want to do is win. That's all I care about. Yeah. But the Nick fan cares about us now because otherwise you wouldn't tweet about the back page. You wouldn't talk over and over again about how no one cares about the Nets. The more you say no one cares about the Nets, the more you show you care about the Nets. We just want to trigger the Nets fan, Evan. Just pour a little salt in your oatmeal. We just want to get you guys perturbed a little bit. That's it. You know, you guys got your three Hall of Famers. Now they're talking about Andre Drummond, Kevin Love. The I mean, who, who else do you need to, to, to go up against LeBron and beat the Lakers? You know, so that that's all. We just take our little wins here and there and tweak the Nets fan a little bit. Can you do me one it. can you do me one small favor? Sure. If the and I'm not saying when because I'm not that kind of confident guy. If the yeah. Nets win the NBA title, if Oof. and there's a parade in Brooklyn, can Oof. you not spend the day making fun of how many people are there? <laughs> Is that fair? Can you just say, you know what, congratulations, you won a title, I've never seen it, I may never see it, and don't sit there and say, well, there were only 625 people at the parade. Listen, it, it's going to be you, Andrew Yang, and Michael Rappaport on a float, all right? No offense Don't to... Full to the street. 
Let me tell you something. No offense to Andrew Yang and Michael Rappaport. They are not Nets fans the way me and a few others are. And I acknowledge it's not a big number, but I'm talking about IZOD Center Net fans. I'm talking about Continental Airlines Arena Net fans. I'm talking about you guys versus us in 1994 Nets fans. That's what I'm The Fugazi series at the Garden. The Fugazi series. Come on. The Fugazi series. Tim Thomas, Kenyon Martin. You know, those days were good, and, and it's been a while since the two teams have been good. So we know the trajectory that you guys are on, and, and hopefully we're trying to get there. But I, I believe in the process. I feel like Tom Thibodeau is our guy right now. And uh, Leon Rose, I think they have a plan. You know, I don't think they're going to fast-track this thing. I still think, yeah, they'll, they'll be aggressive. They still have $18 million in cap space to spend. But I, I think, you know, they're going to go into this draft and try to pluck out two more studs for this team, and when I say two more studs, the Dallas Mavericks are burning, baby. In I know. Thirteenth place in the West. Luka Doncic was in tears last night because <laughs> KP's not giving him enough help. You know, get that man a tissue or a small little violin or something. Dude, so that, that could be a good position, man, coming up this summer. That's one of those Nick things that I'm actually with you on because I actually defended your franchise when they traded Porzingis, and I. I, I liked what they did, and I was in the minority, by the way. So to see Dallas struggling and to see what this trade could turn into and to see Porzingis being turned on by Maverick fans, yeah, I got to yeah. tell you, not that I'm rooting for your success, but you know, I, I'm kind of enjoying it because I put myself out on a limb defending your franchise a couple of years ago with that whole thing. So I'm not crying for them, put it that way. <laughs> no yeah, tears yeah. for the Mavs. Yeah, burn, burn, baby, burn, man. And um, we, we brought up Scott Perry on the show last night because not too many people have um, spoken about him. You know, he was able to execute the Marcus Mars trade and that pick that he got back in return, they were able to draft Emmanuel quickly. And although I, I didn't feel like they got a good enough return on the Porzingis trade, um, you know, they struck out on free agency. They took a gamble on, on Katie and Kyrie and struck out badly. But uh, listen, they have their cap space. They have a ton of draft capital coming up, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah. You know, continue to develop players and, and uh, compete every night. Well, the one thing, and I agree that right now they're thinking, and you're thinking, honestly, hey, we're not skipping steps. We're going to take our time. We're going to build this yeah. the right way. The Nets said the same thing, and they didn't do anything wrong. They used their cap space to attract Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. The Harden thing is mm-hmm. a different story. Yeah. If Bradley Beal becomes available... You have to believe the Knicks are going to be heavily involved. Now, I was thinking about this last night, not as – no biases. Like, as a basketball fan, mm-hmm. what would I be willing to give up? And to me, I would take RJ, and I would take quickly, even though it's a small sample size, and say, all right, let me push them to the side. If I could get Bradley Beal, and I'm giving up picks, not all of them, but picks. I've got extras from Dallas. And yeah. I'm giving up Mitchell Robinson, who you've got to decide to pay on relatively soon. If yeah. I'm giving up Obi Toppin, and I know it sucks to give oh. up on him, but we are talk CP, we're talking about Bradley Beal. Oh. I would be willing to make a move like that. Where do you stand on how aggressive you'd be in a pursuit of Bradley Beal? Uh, you always have to pick up the phone and talk, right? Um, I spoke about this on the show two days ago. This is a guy that's averaging 35 points a game. One of the most... Uh, uh, you know, disrespected plays in this league. Should have been an all-star, you know, a couple years in a row now. Hopefully this year he makes it. But my worry is, unless you have a backroom promise, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, you know, if Worldwide West is on the phone with Kawhi Leonard's camp, he's going he's gonna to be a free agent. And, and Kawhi Leonard says, you know what? You go get me Bradley Beal and I'm coming. Then I'll, I'll, I'll entertain it. But for me to pick up, these guys just got here. For them to pick up 
pick up all these assets and RJ and OB and, and trade them for Bradley Beal, then you have to figure out what you're going to put next to him. Right. What's next after that, after you get rid of all your assets? You know, price pending, pending what the price is. Sure, sure. What, you know, what do you, what do you do after that? And he's already sulking with the Wizards team in a similar situation with young players and, and Russell Westbrook, and they're still losing. So what's he going to do here? You know, to me, I feel like he's in the same boat as Harden. He's going to sulk his way to get a trade to a contender. And those are the type of teams that can afford to make that move. You know, just like the Nets did with Harden. You know, those are the type of teams, the teams that are ready, who feel like adding Bradley Beal will take them over the hump and really make them a true contender to win the whole thing. For the Knicks, right now, I just don't think we're ready for that type of move. You know, I still think we need to build a foundation a little bit. I totally get that. I totally get that. All right, will you root against the Nets at all stops during their playoff run? Like, is there any scenario where you'd actually root for the Nets? No. (laughs) <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> wow, okay. no, right. no. I want to see chaos. I want to see losses. I want to see disappointment. There's no way I can accept a Brooklyn Nets successful championship run. There's no way. There's no. I'm not that guy that that hates the little brother of the team, right? I'm a Giants fan. I don't hate the Jets. I'm a Yankees okay. fan. I don't hate the Mets. I don't really hate the Nets, but I can't see the Nets fan be happy. So no, okay. I, I will not be rooting. For the Nets in hey, the playoffs. No. Hey, I, I, I appreciate and respect your honesty because I'm the same way. Like, if you guys were good and you asked me the same question, it doesn't even matter if we're talking about the Celtics or the Lakers, two teams I can never root for. Yeah. If it came down to that or a Nick title, you know, let's go Lakers, you know? So I, yeah, let's I, go I, Lakers. LeBron, baby. <laughs> I respect where you're coming from. Well, thanks for coming on. Congrats, seriously, on all the success you've had because I think it's a great channel. I said this on the air recently after Nick games. That's, that's the place to go. I think you do a great job of covering – what fans are thinking, talking to fans, and giving Nick fans great content. So yeah. congratulations on all you've done, pal, seriously. Uh, Evan, thanks a lot for having me on. And, and I'll say one thing about Nick Fan TV is that, you know, it, it's not always about the wins and losses. We're really building a community of fans, not just locally, but around the U.S. and around the world. You know, we, we have, as I mentioned, Ari from Manhattan from Manhattan, but we also have Greg from Vietnam. We have guys calling in from Vietnam, nice. Japan, Australia, you know, all over the world. And when you think about the pandemic and everything that's going on in the world, uh, it's really a platform that people consider as therapy, you know, to, to take them away from their daily issues and things of that nature. So I, I really appreciate that. And, and the fans are, are really taking it in as a, uh, as a valuable resource. So it, like I said, it's been a great journey and to be on this show, uh, for the station that, you know, I've been a loyal listener to it. Like I said, this was a humble experience, so I appreciate it. Well, thank you, man. Keep it up, CP. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Take care. Uh, Have a good that's, weekend. Thank you, too. CP of Knicks Fan TV. Definitely check it out if you're a Knicks fan or your basketball fan because they do an excellent job. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Tess Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.